Hi, I'm Cynthia Kahn, founder of Muse Now, and I'm here today with electronica rock band Jump Ship Astronaut. With me today are Ryan Bryant on vocals and guitar. Hey, Ryan. Hello. Chris Borland on synth. Hey. And Scott Dunn on bass and synth. Hey, guys, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good. How are you? Just want to congratulate you on the success of your new EP, Humans. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I really like the fan favorite track, The Upbeat Change. Tell me more about this song. Uh, change, uh, we've been working on that song for probably, I don't know, a little over a year. Um, it started as a really basic acoustic demo, and then we sort of all brought it together and Chris added the really cool synth line that's on top of it and so it's a pretty uh you know pretty collaborative effort and I think for me personally I'm I'm the proudest of that song on the new EP. Well I think people pick up on that and they really like it. Well thank you. We try. <laughs> <laughs> when I listen to many of the tracks on humans especially the first track alive I'm taken back to OMD, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Who can we credit as your music influences? Oh man, we really, we're, yeah, we're all over the map in terms of that. We, like you said, we really do love a lot of 80s, you know, new wave synthy stuff. Um, a lot of more modern electronic music, uh, a, lot of, a lot of rock music in general. I don't know, we have so many divergent backgrounds. It's, it's one of those things. I'll let, you know, Chris is more of an electronic, <laughs> our electronic guy. Yeah, we listen to a lot of electronic, but we're also, you know, rock guys. And there's a whole genre coming about of mixing the two things, or electronic with any kind of other music. So we listen to Dead Mouse and you know all the big DJs now, but we also listen to bands that do that. LCD Sound System, James Murphy's project was one of our big influences. Just the the mixing of genres is what we're doing. I'm hoping it comes out dancey and fun. <laughs> In addition to synthesizers and that 80s sound, your band is well known for adding lasers and LEDs to your explosive electronic music. Who choreographs the light shows for you? They really are fantastic. Well, they're computer-based for the most part. Well, we, we design them ahead of time to sync to the music. Uh, with software and we have a computer that just runs that but then usually we'll have a person run that at the show to get all the human mistakes and errors and the, the fun stuff like that but sometimes and especially lately it'll be automated just you can do that now it'll just do a click track and go you can do a lot of things with that intricate things that would cost thousands of dollars with people that's how it's done <laughs> That's amazing. So you get your own unique sound and you program your own light show. <laughs> We're all a little bit uh, detail-oriented and somewhat bookworms. So uh, we spent <laughs> a lot of time researching this stuff, and especially Chris, credit to him for putting a lot of it together. We all set it up, helped set it up at the shows, and just spent a little extra time doing it because it adds, it adds that extra experience. Yeah, it definitely uh, makes the, the show. Music. 
Well, you told me that you're all geeks and nerds and like to research technology. How did the band come together? <laughs> a long story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can condense it, though. I think. Well, we'll condense it, but Chris Borland and I were in a band previous to this one that was doing a similar style of music, and we had so much fun doing it that we just wanted to keep going. But that band fizzled out, and uh, we went on our separate ways, and we decided that we wanted to keep doing this. So at the time, we had another drummer, Austin Sims, uh, who helped start the project, and the three of us decided, well, let's just jump ship and do something along what we had been doing. We couldn't keep the name or any of the other songs except for a couple of them, so it was kind of like jumping ship, really, to a new name, a little bit of a new sound, new project. <laughs> and we wanted something that wasn't too obvious uh, to technology and electronic sounds, but we, thought, we, we found that just the name Jump Ship Astronaut kind of worked and was catchy. And, and then I, I got together with these guys through Craigslist, of all things, um, and then just started working with them, and, and we've been you know, working ever since. You'd be surprised how many bands have told me that they met people on Craigslist. So I think that's the go-to place for finding band members. Yeah, really surprising. We meet all our friends on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, ones. we have a strict interview process, though. But <laughs> You mentioned that you all have diverse backgrounds. So why don't you briefly tell me what your music backgrounds are? Um, well, I, uh, in my teen years, I was really big into metal, mostly. Um, that's probably my primary background. When I was learning guitar and all of that, I was completely obsessed with metal. Um, and then before this, I was in a band called the Omaha System, which was more of a 90s alternative rock kind of sound. And I've always wanted to do something that was a little dancier and more electronic, so this was kind of the perfect next step for me. I'm the youngest of my siblings, and I so I grew up in a time when they were listening to a lot of rock and roll, like late 80s, early 90s rock and roll. And I started with piano though when I was growing up. And uh, I will thank my parents to this day for keeping me up with that. But then with that background with the rock and roll and stuff, I wanted to learn guitar. And so I learned guitar and then bass just fit naturally because I always had drum beats going on in my head. And with the left hand bass clef from learning piano, it just made it a natural and easy transition to kind of hear bass lines, uh, composing those with, with drums. And I was classically trained on piano for a long time, moved into jazz a little bit with high school and college. I took classical guitar lessons in college and spent also a lot of time doing ragtime with piano. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and somehow met, you know, Merged all that into this. <laughs> and I guess that's me. I started out as a, a jazz and blues player. I was self-taught on piano. It was mostly organ and things like that then. But then I picked up sax about nine years old and started doing that. And played jazz and blues for a long time. Then started composing. Got into different kinds of composition, different styles. And moved off to the East Coast for a while. Um, and then realized I'm a young white guy from the country. I probably shouldn't be playing jazz and blues. <laughs> country. And now I play electronic rock. 
I don't. Well, you did it. You did it lie when you said you had a very diverse set of music backgrounds. That's for sure, and you're, that's why your music is unique. <laughs> Internet, Craigslist, we're all over the place. <laughs> Back to the Midwest. It's crazy where life will take you. And the drummer on the album, Chris Davis, he he was a metal drummer. He's actually yeah. he's got a degree in music, and percussion, I think, and but he was playing metal, heavy metal. And we realized you throw that on our kind of music. He sounded like a drum machine a lot of times, just things that most humans can't do. Yeah. He just does it. I went to college with Chris, and he, he was in the percussion program there and did a lot of symphony concerts and things. He's also got a classical background, but he's a big metal guy and uh, great technique. And he, he played at Carnegie Hall when he was in sixth grade. Kind of <laughs> wow. He needed to do music for a long time. <laughs> I'm assuming because you have such a unique sound that you have to be on social media to let people know who you are and what you're doing and what's new. So how do you use social media to get the word out and attract new fans? Uh, we really just try to utilize every social media possible, really. Um, you know, we started out on the basic things like, you know, Facebook and Twitter, and then we've really expanded to, we're, we're you know, we're trying to keep an eye, an eye on all social media that we can possibly put our stuff on because the more ground we can cover, you know, the more fans we can attract for sure. And there's so much going on now, you kind of have to stay on top. The one thing we've kind of experimented with a little bit lately is posting things that aren't about us, but we just find funny or humorous or that real we can relate to that we think maybe other people relate to just to kind of make that personal connection with them a little bit more and kind of get some activity on our pages, some uh, engagement. Yeah. should probably do that more, but we did, we've done a little bit and it's, it's, you know, always more. Yeah. Really engagement <laughs> with people on a personal level is probably the most significant thing about social media that we like. Especially since our music's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You definitely have to get people into a conversation and let them know that you you understand and you hear them so that they like you as people, you're right. Since Amuse Now is about artists helping artists and you have a unique sound, what advice do you have for other artists who are trying to make a name for themselves and may not be in the mainstream? Persistence is <laughs> the absolute highest, uh, I don't know, there's nothing I could recommend more than just keep working, be persistent. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged because you're going to. Um, you're going to have setbacks. <laughs> don't they, stop. Yeah. And another big thing, too, is it really applies anywhere in life, uh, personal, music, projects, business, whatever. It's it, A third of the people out there are going to like what you do. A third of the people have no preference and a third people are not going to like what you do. You can't please everybody. Just do what you like to do. And like what Ryan and Chris said, persistency is huge. Yeah. You have to stay you just got to keep, yes, you got to keep pushing on. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely have fun. That's really important. I, hear, our, I hear that a lot. <laughs> of our big things is we'll play shows. We try to play shows with different people, different genres band wise. And, People will play a show and they're used to the audience sitting there staring at them. Maybe they'll bob their head. And our thing is, you got to get out and shake your 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 beard. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know what kind of sensor thing you have going. <laughs> it, it's strange though. Most most bands are they're used to people just staring at them. Yeah. And it kind of goes against what everything I learned about music. It's it's for people to have fun to and dance. Disclosure: We are too though. People stare at us sometimes. We're like, yeah. what the heck is this? Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> many times by the end of the show, people are up moving around and having having a lot of fun and yelling around and stuff. So it's. You just want to create a good experience for people. Definitely an interesting observation that when people go to a band, most of the time they just stare. I never really thought about it, but I guess that's true. And at first, when they hear your music, and if it's a completely different genre, they're a little bit in shock, and then they loosen up, and they realize they want to shake their booty, right? <laughs> there's a lot of inhibitions initially, but you know, if there's a crazy light show and alcohol, People generally tend to loosen up a little bit and have a good time. So, One of our, uh, I think, our favorite shows, it was just a small little thing locally. We did it for an art gallery that we know here. And he's become a friend of the band, but his name's Frank. And he showed up, and he wore an astronaut costume. And nobody was moving around at all, but Frank just got out there in his astronaut costume and started jumping around, and it changes the whole vibe of the, you know, the show. It just takes yeah, one person. It does. Yeah, just one person can change the whole vibe of the show, absolutely. Especially a breakdancing astronaut. Yeah, it's hard to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up next for Jump Ship Astronaut? More shows, more music. Yeah, we're working on some new music now. And, you know, the goal is to, to have some more music out later this year. And, yeah, we're just staying on top of it, trying to write as much new music as we can. Yeah, we did a... The EP you, you have, Humans, which was us being more human in a way. And we've got six more tracks that we recorded, and we decided to make it two EPs, and the next one will be something more related to mechanical or machines or robots or something, and it'll have more of that kind of a vibe. Just to, It's kind of for us to experiment with how you mix these two genres. So that, that will be our next one, probably this summer. I wish you all the best because your music is amazing and I love that you're experimenting and playing live and getting feedback and making people dance. So get off their rumps. <laughs> Make them. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great time talking with you today and I wish you all the best. You're not that far from Portland, Oregon, so if you ever get into the Pacific Northwest, I hope that you look me up because I would love to see you live and check out that light show too and maybe dance. Look forward to it. For sure, thanks Cynthia. We'd love to make it up there. Good night. Yeah. Hi, I'm Cynthia Kahn, founder of Amuse Now. This featured artist presentation has been brought to you by AmuseNow Entertainment, a website that enables artists to profit from their creativity. To learn more about AmuseNow, visit us at www.amusednow.com or email me at ccon at amusenow.com.